Welcome. It's a pleasure to have you on today's episode of the Pressing Forward podcast. On today's episode, we have Vincent Duffy, um, founder and owner of MetaNew, which is a mental health service in which they work with students, um, with schools. And, uh, you know, he's worked with a plethora of athletes on working on the mental side of, of you know, performance and um, mental health as well. So um, it's quite an insightful episode, and he shares a lot of wisdom and and uh, insight. So for today's episode. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pressing Forward Podcast. Um, on today's episode, we have uh, Vincent Duffy, um, a, a guy that's been, you know, super helpful to me during the you know, NFL draft process and things like that. So um, I'll give you an opportunity to introduce yourself, you know, let the people know who you are, um, your credentials, your, you know, area of expertise. So. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Great for the opportunity. Uh, we got to know each other a little bit through the NFL draft process and just, you know, really getting into the fundamentals of who you are, who you want to be and who you want to become so you can excel to be the best you you can be especially when you're reaching that highest point like you did and uh, just putting your best foot forward and leaving no regrets. But again, I'm Vince Duffy, uh, mental skills advisor, business owner, but like to call myself an entrepreneur, uh, do edge 90 mental performance, mental skills with athletes, business professionals, um, anyone looking to get that mental edge with mental skills and performance. And then meta new is a care system, care based company focused on the positive side of mental health. So mental wellness, well-being, and just checking in on you through self-reflection and emotional accountability. So it all intertwines, uh, but that's kind of my uh, thoughts and theories on how I got here. But um, went to Clarion University, played baseball, got into this whole mental skills, mental health realm. I had this thing called the yips. Uh, It's like a mental block when you're throwing. So I really didn't know what it was. I thought it was all physical and uh, ended up being mental block from performance anxiety and putting too much stress and pressure on myself to perform. And uh, I just made a promise to myself that I'm not going to let uh, anybody else go through what I went through alone and led me down the path to go to Clarion, get a degree in psychology, um, Cal U in sports psychology, my master's, and then mental health counseling at Nova Southeastern and just kind of figured out, you know, I, I've been kind of through like the mental health side. I've been through the sports psychology side and there's kind of like nothing that's combining in between. So uh, talked to some people and then just decided about, I think it's six going on seven years now to, uh, come home and start a business that I think I can help people, not just athletes, but the human first. And yeah, that's kind of my background. And then just any way I can help make a positive impact on people. So. I love that. I love that. And, uh, I think it's, it's super valuable lesson there. Um, and that, you know, you took, um, sort of a negative experience and somehow turned it into a purpose and now you're able to help a lot of people um, and you know them overcoming certain things and you talk about the gifts um, you know what was that process for you like you know having to overcome something like that because you know you put a lot of work into the game you put a lot of work into you know trying to be the best possible player you are and you have that sort of mental block that stops you from being you you know, best possible after you can be. So can you talk a little bit about um, elaborate more on that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, while I was going through the yips, I really didn't know I had it when I was a, a junior in high school. And then I kind of got through it, like, 
then I end up tearing my ACL during this roller coaster of life. So I tell people all the time, I'd rather tear my ACL again than go through the yips because at least you know you have a game plan on how to recover physically. But with the yips, it's all mental. You know, you talk about uh, one negative thought, you have to say, you know, three to five positive things to get over that hump. But when you really don't know what's going on with the yips, and I call it for people that don't know, it's mostly in golf, the chipping yips, you kind of like stutter, uh, throwing in baseball or throwing in football, uh, or receivers catching, DBs catching, you just like freeze and tense. It's called involuntary tension. Um, that you're just your brain just kind of puts so much pressure that you freeze and get tense at your flight or flight. But in baseball or throwing, I like call it a, a rubber band connected to your elbow to your mind. And instead of just naturally throwing for years that you've always just done naturally for some instinct, you kind of just like stutter or like just tense and freeze and like shaky and you can get all to your, your nerves and at, like not just your nerves internally, but like your nerves and your fingertips and how it relates to your brainwave. And uh, it was a very rough time for me personally. Um, I didn't know what was going on. People act like you're a leopard. They just want to stay away from you because <laughs> they don't want to catch it or don't know. And, you know, it, it turned into like a mental performance thing, which back when I was going through it almost 10, 12 years ago, mental skills, mental performance, especially where I'm from in like outside of Pittsburgh, it wasn't even really thought of. Yeah, we talk about mental toughness, but that's more like you just got to be they, – they, people define it as being physical, right? Like now you got to be mentally tough up here, but what did it actually mean? Right. So the mental skills, mental performance, I was really never taught or discussed at all. And still this day, as you can probably allude to, isn't really touched on enough or practice or define what's the action step enough. It's all physical. But when that mental block hits, what do you do? So that kind of just led me to that uh, dark place for like a mental health depression, because it's like, what is going on? I can't figure this out. Like something like you said, I, you pour your heart and soul, blood, sweat, tears for years and years and years and get to, and you get no reward out of it at the end. Right. Or like, I like to call it, uh, I love the game, but the game didn't love me back. And that was hard to like step back and say like, Hey, the coach even, you know, he, he pulled my scholarship my sophomore year because it's like, I have too much money, you know, for division two, you don't really have a lot of money, but like had some scholarship money. It's like, well, we really don't know what's going on with you, but I'll sign your waiver. You can transfer forever, like wherever you want to go. So that was just like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to go through this anymore. And uh, from that day on, but it's been the biggest blessing in my in disguise for me. I've just taken, the, took a long time. I'm not going to say it was easy, yeah. but you just have like a switch in your head. It's like, okay, how do I turn this negative into a positive? And how do I turn this pain into purpose? And for me, that's one of my like core four pillars is, you know, the four P's pain turns into purpose, tur purpose turns into passion, passion turns into profession. So how do you like gradually, you know, go on that path to figure out what we're doing in life? And luckily a blessing in the skies, it's led me to my profession yeah. and what I've set out to do. So it's been a wild roller coaster journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine during that time, you know, you might have really been like devastated, especially when you know the coach, you know, pulled your scholarship. It's like, you know, you could feel almost invaluable at that point, or just oh yeah, at that point. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Like, 
especially like the yips again, like even in high school, I had to deal with it. And then, you know, in college, you don't like feel wanted, you know, you get all those like emotions of like, why me? Like I'm depressed. I'm dejected, you know, morale's really low mindsets thinking in a negative light. Like, what am I going to do? This has been my whole life. I have no clue what I want to do in life. Like, and you're in college and you fall in that spiral and, you know, after a bad loss or game, you know, you might go out and have a few drinks or, you know, this and that, but like, that's, that was every day. Like yeah. you're just in this negative funk of like, what am I even doing? You know, and uh, kind of just spiraling a little bit out of control, you know, just to figure and find yourself again. And a lot of people, not even just in sports, but just general life, finding that purpose and passion again. So it was a wild, wild roller coaster ride. And uh, what was that light bulb switch? What was that that moment that you kind of said, okay, this is where I'm going to turn this into a, a purpose? Because like you said, you was going through a, a mental, yep. you know what I mean? What, what did that light bulb kind of switch for you? Yeah, for me, um, looking back on it a couple, like six or seven years ago when I first started, or about seven years, my ACL injury was one of like the biggest blessing in the skies because, um, you know, people talk about mentally tough, but like it wasn't even just the physical, it was the mental self, self to believe in myself, build that confidence level up. Like when you fall, like, okay, here's my, my plan of attack to get back up. And honestly, quotes. I used to read quotes when I'm on the bike, stationary bike, just warming up or like what was my quote of the day or my little um, motivation for the day just to read or think and reflect. And that really transitioned when I moved to Florida. I call Florida my writing period where I was like alone, moved and just was there for about a year and just like took a lot of like deep thoughts where I just wrote things out. Like what was I actually feeling? Why was I feeling this way? And that's what actually made me write the program um, with MetaNew now that I use with athletes and everyone. But it's just like, it took me a long time just to get comfortable and love myself was the real, like, I just had to accept it. And one of the biggest quotes and teachings that I teach now is forgive, forget forward. You have to forgive yourself first. You know, forgiveness, what I've read is it's not so much for the other person, but it's for yourself to free yourself. And for so long, I felt like I was the one at fault. Like I gave everything I had and it still wasn't good enough for the game or, you know, who you wanted to prove to your parents or this and that. Like, but instead of proving others wrong, you want to prove yourself right. So Florida was a big time for me to like uh, self-reflect and think through what am I actually going through? And that's what kind of like turned that switch and started turning those gears over. I would say a course of like a solid, like eight month process. But quotes are a huge starting point for me. So, um, yeah, so one of the things that you, you mentioned that stood out to me was the you said forgive, uh, forget, and then forward. Can you, like, further explain what that, what that, what that means and how do I apply that? You know? Yeah, absolutely. So it's one of, like, the teachings that I've, like, read from and kind of developed in, like, just simple terms, like the, the three Fs, right? Forgive, forget, forward. So the first thing is forgive, right? Whether you're holding, it's like an anchor holding you back. What are you holding on to that's not letting you elevate and move forward, right? So life, we have to live in the present times to move forward. We don't live behind us, you know, we live in front of us. So what's holding you back? It's usually an anchor. It's an emotion. It's an emotional attachment that you really haven't dug up those roots 
internally, subconsciously, that's really creating, you know, resentment, jealousy, and, you know, anger, you know, all these, all these negative things that you have to get out. It's like toxic in your body and in your mind. So the simplest thing to do, forgive, right? Forgive yourself. For me, I like to write. What am I actually feeling? What, what have I haven't said? You know, maybe I don't need to talk to someone. Maybe I'm shy or, you know, therapy and this and that, but maybe I don't need to go there. Maybe I just need to be my biggest fan right now. I need to be my biggest uh, support system and write it out because self-expression is through writing, you know, and it's in the comfort and you don't have to tell anyone, but you've released it because you put pen to paper or you've typed a letter to yourself. Right. So that's that forgiveness part. What's holding you back is anchor. Forget. Right. We can't have that little thought in our head all the time. So we have to move past it. We have to forget it. Yeah. Every once in a while we might use it as motivation or that little slight to keep moving forward as we should, you know, yeah. sometimes, but we have to forget about it. We can't be dwelling and that's our focus, right? Because anytime we get distracted from our goal moving forward, right? We're not moving forward. We're right. stuck. Right. And I call it like the quicksand effect. Like you're trying to move forward, but you're just stuck in quicksand and forward. What's the vision forward? You know, People talk about the rear view mirror in a car. It's smaller than the wind shown in front of us. We live life forward, right? We live life in each moment because we can't get time back. We can learn from previous experiences, what went wrong, what went right, what do we like? But life keeps moving. And don't let life pass you by by worrying about the past, of which we have no control over. So it kind of leads into controlling the controllables. What can you control in life? And that's the biggest thing is get rid of that anchor, pull it up. Sometimes we have to let go to grow, right? So what are we holding on to that's holding us back from where we want to go in life? And that's kind of like where that's developed from the three apps, forgive, forget forward. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, just the way you explained it. And one of the things that we talked about during that um, draft process, um, and it was a quote that stood out to me, and I wrote it down in my book too. You said uh, victory lies in the non-obvious. Can you yes. know what that means? Yeah, I'm a I'm a very organized and detailed person. I'm I would my personality is I would rather be overprepared than underprepared. Even though like there's a fine balance of you know analysis by or paralysis by or analysis by paralysis. I can't paralysis by analysis. <laughs> so overthinking so much. Yeah. But like that quote, victory lies in the non-obvious. If you give yourself the best. I call it the five P's proper preparation prevents poor performance. So if you give yourself the best chance for victory in preparing for things and, you know, it's called second line thinking, what might happen, what can happen, what will happen. So you've already consumed that thought process of, okay, I'm not going to be uh, starstruck or shocked if anything happens or if something happens that I didn't think th like think of, at least I know what it might be, or I've kind of had that idea of what, what might be coming towards me on how to react. Because most of the time in life with that, with that quote is I can't control what happens to me. I can only control how I react to it. So being prepared for all those little details in life gives you a leg up to react, not emotionally, but rationally. And that's how you pretty much, most of the time have, you know, execute a game plan or a goal moving forward. 
pretty much controlling the control. What you can control, you control the thing best in your ability. Yeah, and you can control how prepared you are, right? <laughs> Most definitely. Most definitely. And um, uh, one of the things we also worked on during that time was, was confidence. And that, you know, sort of, sort of seems to be, um, you know, things that people want to improve. They want to, they want to be more confident. They want to come off more confident, whether it's on a job, whether, you know, they're an athlete. You want to be the best possible person that you can be. Um, and how would you, what would you suggest for people um, that want to work on their confidence, you know, showing up, you know, the best possible version of themselves? How, how would you go about that? How do you go about that? Yeah, I had about seven things jump in my head because there's just so many layers. I want to give you all these nuggets. And we've talked to them before, but like where I'll start is you never fail to me unless you quit. Everything in life is a lesson. So what can you learn from it to move forward, right? Showing up is the biggest thing. You know, your action, actions speak louder than words. So if you want to do something, put the effort and action towards it. That's something you can control with your time and effort and just come prepared, right? Be prepared, put in the work, put in the, the extra reps before any meeting or any note. You know, I write stuff down. Do I use it? Not, but that's my process. That's my preparation, right? Understanding yourself, what works best for you. And that's what mental skills is all about. It's really life skills. What works best for you? Hey, before I go speaker, like before I came on, on here, like just did a few breathing exercises just to get, you know, that's just my process. You have to be willing to understand yourself most importantly, to move forward and accomplish those goals. And that comes from loving yourself. And the next step, there's two things that I've developed over time or sayings that I've heard and kind of incorporating is don't be your biggest critic, become your biggest fan. Because if you're criticizing everything that you're doing, you're already losing the battle within and you're losing that confidence because you're worried about what can happen wrong instead of what can happen right. And self-belief, right? You have to love yourself first. You know, that builds not only confidence, but the further level of conviction. And when we were talking about it, there's a level of conviction that might come off as cocky, but it's supreme confidence because you know truly who you are and who you want to become. And the biggest thing on all that is having a strong foundation. And your foundation comes from your why, right? Why you're doing it. And I always joke around, like, talk with you. There's the why with the question marks, and there's the why with the exclamation. Your why is your power. If you stay true to your why, and your, which leads to your purpose and passion in life, that's where the confidence comes from. Because you know you're on this mission, and you have this vision in life that you're so confident. Even though if it's right or wrong, you can always adjust. But you know who you are and who you want to become. And defining that is really your human superpower. I love that. And one of the things that stood out to me there is like knowing yourself and really knowing yourself and then acting on that truth about yourself opens opportunities for you, opens doors for you because now you're acting in accordance to who you're supposed to be. Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, during that time, and it's very reassuring when you talk about it. Um, and, you know, how do you sort of like draw a line between you know, being your, your biggest critic, but also challenging yourself. Because, you know, as athletes or even, you know, non-athletes, you want to challenge yourself to be the best possible show up the best possible way. But also, you know, you want to, you know, you want to be the best that you can be. So how do you sort of draw that line? How do you draw that line? Yeah, absolutely. There's two, there's two levels to that. So we'll start with like 
being like being your biggest critic. You know, you should constructive criticism is good. It's constructive for a reason, right? The word constructive. Constructive is to build on, right? How do we adjust, adapt, and overcome? That's where self-reflection is so important. Okay. What went wrong? What went right? And what lesson did I learn that I liked or that I need to improve on? See, to me, I don't look at strength versus weakness. I look at what are our strengths and what do we have to strengthen? Because we all have it within. It's just, hey, we have to focus on what our strengths are. And hey, I need to improve on this, right? What do I need to strengthen? Because we all have a little bit of everything within. It's just what we're giving our attitude, our time towards, and our focus into, right? So that's one way, like constructive criticism is good. That's the power of self-reflection. Okay, what went right? What do I need to work on? And what lesson do I learn? That's always good. Daily reflections, weekly reflections, just understanding, because you never have that conversation with yourself enough, right? You're always hearing it from outside. But what are you thinking about within? Dipping into that conscious, subconscious thought of, wow, I really never thought of it that way for me. You know, what am I filtering in, right, from others? Is that right? Is that fair? I think the biggest question the, the criticism or things that people say, is that criticism fair, right? I think that's a great question to ask yourself. Yeah, I think it is to a point, but I really, they don't really know what I'm going through or what my really strength is. And that's where you kind of knock that criticism with confidence and conviction. Be like, no, nah, I'm confident in this. I just need to, I didn't have my best or, hey, this is the lesson I need to learn to improve. Then the second part of that is to, how do you um, become your biggest fan, which is what were the small victories that I've achieved today? You know, people talk about getting 1% better every day. What about just one-tenth of 1% better? A small step forward is better than a small step back, right? If you just take one little step forward or, you know, I'm a huge sticky note person. This helps me get through my days. Let's take the time. What do I have to do to accomplish this day? right? Cross it off. It's that self of winning accomplishment, the small victories. Then after the week or after the month, what's my re- <clears throat> what's my reward for that week, right? Maybe it's go out to eat. Maybe after a month, it's buying a pair of shoes you want or just rewarding yourself. Too many times we get stuck in this, uh, this cycle of, I got to achieve my goals up here, but I'm only looking at my goal, right? I talk about the, the staircase, Have you ever started from the bottom of the staircase and jumped all the way to the top? No, (laughs) no, right? It's just your goals. What are the small increments each day that you got to accomplish? It might not feel like a lot, but over time, it's going to add up and get you where you want to be. And that's really just winning the battle of, hey, I did good today, right? And just being present in the moment that gets you to that future goal. Small incremental steps. To get you to that goal that you sort of see for yourself and set for yourself. Yeah, it's challenges. What do I need to accomplish today? Like, what are some non negotiables that I have to do day in, day out that's going to get me to my goal? Right. What do I want to accomplish weekly? Okay. Those days, those weeks, time doesn't stop. It adds up. So, am I making the little small improvements that add up to that big jump, that big leap that get me to that next level? Yeah, that was one of the things I asked you because. And that's the thing that you know perfection perfectionists they struggle with is 
just trying to find a, a way to, you know, enjoy their achievements. Um, and like you said, that's one of the things that you kind of have to do. You got to celebrate yourself. You know, yeah. The little wins, you got to take yourself out, whatever the case may be. You know, you have to still enjoy the journey, everything about the journey. So. And that's one of the biggest misconceptions about like self-reflection. Oh, I just got to reflect on what went bad. No, like celebrate, man. Like, what did you do great? Like this year, this month, today, yesterday, like there's always a little bit of good in each day. We just don't focus on it enough. And that's the power of self-reflection of understanding what went good and what lesson did I learn, right? To move on to the next day. And you can always find, if you can't find something good in the day, you can always find that little dose of gratitude because there's always something to be grateful for. Even in the most difficult times, it's just a matter of perspective and mindset. Gratitude is it's always, I feel like, Gratitude is a superpower. It's just yes. so much like it's very much underutilized. You know, when you find things, you know, little things to be grateful for throughout the day, it shifts your whole perspective. Um, and usually how we um sort of end the show is uh, you know, leaving the audience with one piece of advice. Uh, what would that piece of advice be, whether it's for the next the new years or whatever the case might be? What would that one piece of advice be for you? I have uh two. I have one is adversity let it build you um so that's like one of my core pillars too with the four p's adversity teaches you so many lessons adversity failure i call them lessons not failure but adversity teaches you so much more than any book any uh you know information that i can give you from your own experience because you're living it right it's just guiding you how to get over it or overcome it because adversity is going to hit every step of the way but it goes back to the quote of preparing for the non-obvious. Well, how do I handle this if this happens? What tool in my mental skills toolbox do I use? You know, when I'm getting stressed, you're getting calm. So adversity, let it build you. It's only going to excel you. And there's good stress. It's called eustress, right? All stress ain't bad. It just means you're hyper-focused and locked in. And then my new year, my thing uh, is going to be is uh, like either – GID, get it done no matter what. Like you just have to figure it out, especially entrepreneur business or just in life. Like at the end of the day, as much as we want to rely on others and it's nice to get the help, it's nice to get the guidance and everything. You got to figure it out for yourself, you know? So get it done, figure it, find a way. And uh, that's kind of my, that's kind of my personal mantra for this year. And uh, I'm sure others can utilize it. And just how do you move in a direction, in a positive manner to reach your goals for the year. So that's my adversity. Let it build you. Adversity and GID, get it done. Uh, (laughs) I want to, you know, thank you for joining me on today's show. Um, It's a pleasure having you. Uh, I hope that, you know, the people were able to, you know, pull even just a nugget that they can put in a new year or just moving on throughout the day. So, uh, again, I just want to thank you for joining me on today's show. Uh, It's a pleasure having you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me and uh, look forward to the next time. I love this stuff. And that's pretty much it for today's episode. Um, I want to thank listeners and, you know, the people that's continually supported um, the podcast, you know, just whether it's liking the post, you know, sharing the post here and there, um, you know, the support doesn't go unnoticed. And, um, you know, we just want to continue to keep this thing going. So, 
um, you know, just liking, subscribing, um, you know, sharing this episode with a friend. You never know how you're going to help somebody. So um, if there's any way that you can, you know, be of service to somebody else, you know, you know do your part on that end. So um, thank you again, and uh, we'll see you next time.